mentioned last week that I'd like us to keep our focus upon something positive, and that is Jesus. I think that, uh, I think it's going to be, I think just we're going to be tested. And I think that if we're not cautious, we're going to be caught up in some of the division and the argument, all that happens within a presidential election year. And this year just seems to be over the top, polarized, just incredibly crazy. And so I think it's best for us to keep our focus on God's favor. I mean, uh, George even prayed it. There's probably, there are some people, I did read about uh, one lobbyist who was, was quick to say God, you know, he brings flood against people in Louisiana because they're living in sin and his house got flooded. So, hello? <laughs> I, th- I think it brought humility into his life. I, you would hope so. You know, so I, I, we're just so, I mean, every natural disaster we have in America, somebody's so quick to say, yes, God is judging America. And I think that is dissident with what's in the New Testament. I mean, yes, uh, America doesn't have it all together. Americans don't have it all together. We, we are sinners. We have fallen short in many ways. But God has made this season of mercy and grace so that we would come to him, respond to him, be forgiven. I'm glad our kids are remembering forgiven. And so we began in just, just down this path into the gospel of Mark. And I just want to, include, I just want to invite you to start reading in Mark. And just let the Spirit of God just remind you of Jesus, remind you of what His purpose was, who He is, and what He came to do. And this morning I want to share with you about two baptisms. And, you know, talk about trying to stay away from things that are contentious. Just the idea of baptism. And I just put up, you know, there's this baptism of repentance. And uh, there's some of us within the broader, you know, church that just put so much emphasis on you must be baptized in water for the repentance of your sin. And repentance, of, and repentance is just like, I mean, like, I mean, what do you think? When somebody says to you, repent, what? I mean, could you kind of finish repent or what? Burn in hell, you know? Goodness, great. I mean, so sometimes you start talking about this. You think, no, I don't know. I don't think I want to talk about that. Because that is like, like, that's pretty negative. Or then we can get into this conversation about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I wish that that would turn more positive. But it usually... So here we are jumping into Mark. I I want us to remain positive. But John starts talking about the baptism of repentance and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to try to navigate this and keep it where we want it to be, which is positive. So when you got, you've got two baptisms, I mean, do we have to, is it an either or thing? Like, do we pick one over the other? Like, do we, do we, we fall with like the water folks and say, well, we're going to just keep our emphasis. We're going to forget about the Holy Spirit. We're just going to stay with water baptism, repent you sinners and get cleaned up. Or are we going to go the other? Uh, you know, maybe that's not so important, but what's really important is that we're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Or could it be that they're both equally important? It's a both and proposition. Mark chapter 1, 4 through 8. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair 
and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Last week we looked at the the prophetic announcement from Isaiah. See, I am sending you my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness. There's going to be a road constructed into humanity and down that road the king of kings is going to march into human history. Prepare the way of the Lord, this voice crying in the wilderness. That voice is John the Baptist. He's the one that fulfills that prophecy from Isaiah. And so John is preparing this this access of the good news, this access of of this is the year of God's favor, this is the one that brings God's blessing. He's, He's preparing that highway into Judea and Jerusalem, but that's going to go beyond that part. It's going to go to the world. So he's laying down this infrastructure for the king to, to arrive in history. And he, and he's, he just, like in Mark, he's up, he appears in the wilderness. He just kind of shows up in the wilderness. And I would rely, I'd just like to remind you, like, the wilderness, it's desolate, it's deserted, it's, it's abandoned, it's empty, it's lonely, it's uncultivated, it's uninhabited. This guy just shows up. And not only does he show up in a place that is wilderness, but he's clothed with camel's hair, a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. If that doesn't sound strange to you. But what, it, what that said to his generation was... God has sent us a prophet. And in the history of Israel, it's been 400 years since God sent a prophet to them. 400 years of silence. And all of a sudden, John shows up in prophetic garb with a prophetic message. God is once again speaking to us And people from Judea and Jerusalem go down to him. Imagine, my home sits at 700 feet above sea level. But just imagine if it was at 2,500. I really wish it was at 2,500 feet above sea level. And Seguin is at 825 feet below sea level. So the people from Judea and Jerusalem are traveling 18 miles, 3,400 feet down to John. What's going on in Jerusalem? You've got a pretty fancy temple, just got finished after 50 years. You've got all these priests and all these robes, all this flowery stuff around this religion. And you've got this voice in the wilderness. Come down from that high place. Come down from that place that looks so good. Come down. And what's his message? Repent. Repent. (coughs) Sorry to disappoint you, but repentance is mostly a positive statement. What John is saying is not turn or burn. The statements of turn or burn are always saved in the New Testament. Check me out on this for the religious know-it-all. 
The only people that Jesus or the, the rest of the, that got mad at are people that were too religious. And they were the ones that were condemning others. So anybody that kind of went down this path of condemning sinners, there was anger reserved for them from Jesus, from John, from those that followed Jesus. But what John is doing, he said, I, I, you, you know, folks, you got to change your mind. Repentance is about a change of mind. And when you change your mind, you're changing your belief, you're changing your direction. I, I want you to change your mind about Messiah. I want you to change your mind about kingdom. And I want you as, you, as you begin to change your mind, you're going to need to begin to express remorse for your shortcomings and your errors, mainly what you've invested in what you think religion is from God. Because I, I would hope we would all recognize that God delivered something to the nation of Israel, and Israel said, thank you very much, we'll now make it our own, and they created something that God never intended. and became a system of law. And that's not what God really had in mind. And so John is saying, I want you to begin a new religion or a new moral life. Something new is beginning. I want to invite you into it. So when he's saying repent... It's an invitation. It's not a club to hit people over their head. Now, people are expressing remorse. People are being forgiven of sin. That's great. But it's it's an invitation. He's baptizing with water. There's a whole background of Jewish ritual washings. If you go visit the temple today, the Temple Mound, so on the, the south end of it, it's just full of ritual baths. So people being baptized, being bathed, that, that's totally part of what was going on. People understood that, and now they're understanding, okay, you're asking us to admit that we've rebelled against God's rule. And what we've created with religion is not what God intended. So you're asking us to admit that. You're asking us to be cleansed of that rebellion for something new. It's in preparation for something new and better. John is saying, the king is near. And I want you to get ready for him. So you've got to leave behind. You've got to leave way up there on that hill. Leave that behind. Come down here. Humble yourself. Admit your rebellion. Be cleansed. Get ready for the king. The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. And I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Baptism with the Holy Spirit, in John's explanation, comes after baptism with water. Baptism with water is something that prepares us for the Holy Spirit to indwell us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit after forgiveness and cleansing. So there's a a holiness that happens when we admit our rebellion, when we admit that we need to be cleaned up and then we can be filled up. A baptism by one more powerful than John. And I really wondered, I, I didn't write it down, but I'm really wondering if, is he also trying to communicate that, yes, baptism by water, it's important and it's preparatory, but there's something even more powerful than baptism by water and it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So when it really comes down to you and I, 
reading what's happening in history and trying to answer questions, which, ba- which baptism, which... Re- is it, I mean, are we going to emphasize water baptism? Are we going to em- emphasize repenting, cleaning our act up, or, is, or spirit? What are we going to do? And I just, I mean, it's real simple. Both. Both are absolutely critical. I mean, the, neither one is more important than the other. They're all linked together. And so as we come together as a community of people, and as we try to communicate the message of our king and our kingdom to our generation, we're still inviting people to change their mind about who Jesus is, to change their mind about what the rule of God is. We're even really trying to work really hard to help people understand what the church is. I got an email this week that was incredible. It was like incredible. I've got, I visited a few weeks ago, I've got some questions. And basically, the, what it really came down to is if, if we come and we... Are you going to beat us up? That's really what it came down to. You know, are you just going to pound us and, you know, repent, you sinner, you dirty scum? That's really what... That was really what they're asking. And they were also asking on behalf of their friend. We have some other friends. They've just been beat up by the church. The church has told them how bad they are, how bad they're, they're going to hell. Is that what you're going to do? I said, we would really like to find a place where we could worship God and be part of a church family, but we're really frightened. Anybody? I will forward those kind of emails to you if you'd like to answer them. Anybody want to volunteer to do that? I stay awake at night saying, God, I need wisdom. How do you, how do, what, how, what do I say? How, what do I, what do I communicate? So I'm, I'm, I'm inviting people to change their mind about what they've experienced already in church life. And I'm trying to say, no, I'm so sorry for what you experienced, but I don't see that in the New Testament. We as a community are not trying to practice that. Repentance to us is an invitation for something better. It's not a turn or burn situation. So, repent still, that's a good word if we understand what it is. But if I repent of my rebellion against God, and I'm baptized and I'm cleansed, but I'm not filled up and empowered by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that was my experience as a young believer. I mean, it was just just comical. I grew up in Amarillo. Young Life did a great job of introducing me to Jesus. I went to my first local church. Hadn't been to church. Tra- I mean, just as a kid, my, my, my parents took me to kid, dropped me off at church when I was in kindergarten. So between that and 17, I had not attended church. Pretty raw, unchurched. And so as I was reading, my, I started asking questions about Jesus. And then I thought, well, there's a whole, what can I ask about? Oh, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. What do you mean you don't talk about it? Oh, well, the Holy Spirit doesn't want us talking about him. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> you know, then we'd sing these songs. Did you, ever, did you ever sing songs that were supposed to be Trinitarian and they became just two? You know, Father, we adore you, lay our lives before you. Jesus, we adore you, lay our lives before you. Where'd the, where'd the third verse go? We didn't sing that verse. 
Because, you know, if you talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, you know what's going to happen if you talk about the Holy Spirit, right? You know what's going to happen? You're going to speak in tongues. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Just talk about the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak in tongues. I even had, I had, we've been working on getting small groups. We were talking about sign-ups. We can't have small groups. What do you mean we can't have small groups? Well, if we have small groups, people are going to speak in tongues. What? What's the connection here? I'm missing something. Or maybe it is that God uses opportunities like that, like maybe to do what he wants to do, and maybe he does want the gift of tongues to continue when we think it shouldn't. You know, what? why is it that we try to stay in charge? Can we not allow the Spirit of God to be the Spirit of God? Let the Spirit of God do what he wants to do. And the main thing he wants to do is he wants us to be empowered. The Holy Spirit baptizing us, some places with fire. Well, what does fire do? It ignites us. He's this source of empowerment. If I, if I didn't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing here. I would not be answering emails that I think are edifying. I've really learned through the years that if I don't rely upon the Holy Spirit, I can really become a destructive voice. And I can't live the life that Jesus invites me to live. It's impossible. So, yes, baptism by water, cleansing, and baptism with fire, with the Holy Spirit, empowering. We need both. And we, in some ways we need both throughout, like throughout. I know there's these initial experiences... But, I mean, Paul says, well, the Spirit be filled again and again and again and again. Someone said, you know, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we leak. That's a great statement. (laughs) It's really a great statement. We're being transformed. And it's really easy for us to fall back into patterns without help from the Holy Spirit. So it really comes down to this. I believe that our message to our generation is an invitation for something better for everybody. And that invitation comes from our creator, from our God, the one who's appeared in history, Jesus. He's saying, I want you to follow me because life is going to be better when you're following me and I'm teaching you about life and then I'm empowering you. And so part of our our message is exactly the same as John the Baptist. You know, come on, folks. Come on, change your mind. Change your mind about Jesus. Change your mind about what the kingdom of God is. Change your mind about church. You know, admit that we're all rebels. We, we've, we've all turned it. We've all rebelled against God. We all love to do our thing. We, we, we're selfish. So we all have to admit that. We all need to be baptized in water. We all need to be cleansed. And then we all need to be filled up with the Spirit of God. So if that's our message... If you and I haven't had those experiences, how can we represent that message? Sometimes we make, we just say, well, I don't think baptism is that important. It is that important. It's part of our message. So let me ask you. I mean, if we were sitting down having coffee, we could have time to talk about it. Well, tell me about when you were baptized with water. Tell me about your baptismal experience. I would want to know that just as your friend. And I could tell you about my baptismal experience. 
And then I would say, well, well, tell me about your baptism with the Holy Spirit. What was that like? And I'd tell you about mine. And we could, like, share stories. And then in sharing stories, that'd be a reminder. Okay, this is part of who we are. This is part of what we do. And this is part of what we're trying to communicate to our generation. We want you to come with us, come along with us into the baptism of repentance, into the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Come along. Let's discover what God has for us. Make sense? So I guess if it really, you know, kind of always, like it really leads to this. If you have not yet been baptized with water and you're following Jesus, could we like visit? Because we need to do that. We, you, you, you know, you could set the schedule, but we need to do that. And if, if the baptism, I mean, I have, all, I mean, I, ha, I didn't tell you all the stories of the people that beat me over the head about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The charismatic movement or the Jesus movement in Amarillo was a little bit different than Southern California, but it still happened. And people weren't very kind about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it it pushed me away. It repelled me for a long time. So maybe you had those kinds of experiences where people just pushed you away from the Holy Spirit. Or you've you've seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit abused. That does a number on us. And so then we say, I'm not so sure. I want to mess with that. Can we have those conversations? And then I do think that we can pray for each other for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think that's a very legitimate thing. Those of us filled with the Spirit, laying hands on each other, saying, come Holy Spirit. I think that's legit. So if if you haven't had that baptism, we should talk about that. As well, those are. Does that? That's an invitation. Is that okay? I'm not. I'm not like checking your pedigree. I'm not trying to. You know, I'm just trying to say. I. It's here. Let's talk about it. All right. So, would you like to stand with me? Let's just take a moment, just to consider these invitations from Jesus to us, and then through us. To our generation. Father, we're so grateful that you're in charge of human history and that you knew exactly the perfect moment to send this voice, John, into the wilderness to prepare a way for Jesus to enter history. And Lord, we just have to chuckle when we think about how strange, what a character. Somebody dressed up like that, somebody with a diet like that, somebody living in a a wilderness. And yet, oh Lord, it's all part of you communicating to us that you want us to change our mind about you, about Jesus, about the kingdom and how the kingdom arrives in human history. And thank you, Lord, that you are inviting us to change our mind and to begin something new. And thank you that you want to cement that experience with something called baptism of repentance. 
And thank you, Lord, that you want to forgive us of our rebellion against you, against your rule. You want to forgive us for taking those things that you give us and turning them into instruments for our own sake. And then, Lord, thank you that you want to empower us with the Holy Spirit to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So, Lord, as we stand before you, I just ask that you would give us uh, just whatever that reminder is that we need of, of, of our, that baptismal experience that we had when we were baptized in water, of that experience that we had with being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just help us to remember these moments. And then if those memories aren't there, Lord, deal with us. Invite us. Let us hear that invitation. Yeah, I want you to be baptized with water. I want you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Lord, let us hear your invitation to us that we might then turn to our generation and be that voice like John was inviting others to follow Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Thank you for wanting to speak through us by what we do and by what we say. In your name we pray.